here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. season of Brit Rest Roundtable. Um, I am Robin Reed, and I am joined by Ollie Court. Hey there, Rob. Um, unfortunately, you're stuck with me. It was going to be on, but uh, he, he had uh, prior commitments, and then we tried to get uh, the infamous Mike Kilby in, but uh, he had this thing called a job <laughs> I I lacked. So, unfortunately, you're stuck with me. Um, we'll make but... sure we get Arn in on the next one. Yeah, and Kilby in on carrot. The will the next one be carrot? What's the dates of carrot? I should oh, probably yeah. know that. It probably will uh, be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The next one will be the the carrot review episode. So it's a good job we did the uh, carrot preview this one. Uh, it's almost like I kind of planned this out, but didn't really. Um, so yeah, as I've just kind of mentioned, we're going to be reviewing. Um, no, we're going to be previewing uh, WXW's 16 Carat Weekend Wrestling Festival, etc., etc., with all the ancillary shows surrounding it. Um, that's going to be the main focus of this show, um, but we're going to start off by talking about Progress's recent chapter... Oh, 63. Hard. <laughs> 63. Um Chapter 63 show, talking about some of the highlights and uh, lowlights from that, um, because I have some some fiery hot takes. Um, there were certainly some highs and some lows to be discussed. Yeah, so um, the I, I only watched two matches of this show. Um, I, I dipped in, did my uh, standard cherry picking. Uh, so the two two matches I watched were Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Tyler Bate, and then Mark Davis versus Volta for the Atlas uh, Championship. Um, both excellent matches, and we'll we'll kind of get into uh, in depth the matches themselves uh, in a little bit. Um, but first, I just want to talk about how bad the progress camera work was on this show, because I, this was absolutely atrocious. Um, I'm someone who barely ever notices camera work. It has to be... like I don't really notice when it's particularly good, apart from maybe a nice artistic shot, or like when it's actively pointed out to me, like um, 
the the zoom in on the the wrist clutch for New Japan when he's going uh, Okada's going for the rainmaker that sort of thing. But usually, unless it's particularly amazing, I'm not noticing it at all. Um, I remember a few years back, Rev Pro were getting a lot of criticism for the just the sheer amount they changed their their camera angles. And I'm not saying that wasn't a valid criticism or anything, but you know, I never noticed it personally. Um, this actively took me out of uh, this show, especially the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tyler Bate match. They flat out don't know how to shoot submissions anymore. I don't know what's happened because Progress's overall production used to be a real strong point for them, um, but God knows it wasn't in this match. I mean, the, the lighting's still lovely, it all looks wonderfully picturesque, but they are actively avoiding showing you the action. I'm, I'm not out for lunch on this. This isn't something I've just picked up and hyper-focused <laughs> on, is it? No, I think uh, it's sort of been being picked up by a few people. I think on the latest VOW flagship, they actually had a, a listener question about it as well. So <laughs> it's certainly something that sort of happened in the past couple of chapters, and I think it's almost like uh, they've been they've had some amazing shots a couple of times throughout their history. Um, where they've like hyper zoomed in on a wrestler's face and like caught something in the background as well, and it's looked really good. So now they're just sort of going for that money shot throughout the entire match with one of the cameras, while the other does the more traditional filming. Um, and like you say, when it, on in like a technical uh, match like Zack Sabre versus Tyler Bate, it got very strange because we were sort of seeing up Tyler Bate's nostrils more than we were. The actual like changing of the action while Saber was like turning him over and uh, doing a transition from one one hold into another. All we were seeing was like Tyler Bates' face and like okay, sure he's making faces. <laughs> we can see that he's in pain, but we kind of want to see the action too. And I thought it was yeah, they're almost hyper focusing in on uh, what the guys are doing with their faces rather than you know the match around it. There was a spot in this match where. Um, Zack had um, Bate tied up in kind of a one of his signature like three in one submissions, um, where the, the main part of it was kind of on the ankle and the knee area, but he also had his arm grabbed as well. And the, for like a good four or five seconds, the camera was literally just showing Tyler Bate's shoulder. You couldn't see anything else. <laughs> it was a baffling choice. And like, sure, if you, I get they want to kind of. Do something a bit different with their camera work. Be quite artistic with it. Um, mm. And that's that's fine. Um, especially when they've got multiple cameras there. They've, they've got the hard cam, which for some reason they refuse to use for the majority of the time, which is another thing that irks me a bit. Um, but, but whatever. I can deal with it uh, as long as it's shot properly with the floor cams. Um, and they've got two floor cams. And one of them, as you say, is going in for these hyper... Uh, zoomed in shots going for that like 10 out of 10 when it's usually finding like a 2 out of 10 shot but you know every now and again you're going to hit something magic there but this isn't a live show you have the option of looking at these two cameras camera shots from the floor and if the hyper zoomed in one is being absolutely garbage and not showing the action show the other camera on the mm. feed um, maybe that camera wasn't on the action at that point, but, you know, how you can have three sets of cameras and show a, a zoomed-in shot of Tyler Bates' shoulder 
when that's not even the the limb that's being worked over in that moment is ridiculous to me. I think um, the time has come for them to hire an editor <laughs> rather than doing it themselves. <laughs> well, or they could just shoot the the show properly. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> See, what I think has happened here is. Progress has got a lot of praise for their production, and for the most part, rightfully so. Oh yeah, They're, definitely. I, for my money, they have the best lighting in wrestling. Um, you can, uh, it, it's like dark, but you can always see what's happening, and it always looks very picturesque, and it lends itself excellently to um, still photos. Um, yeah. Some of the, see, I always forget. I should. Uh, no, is it is it Rob Brazer who does the progress photographs or, well, or they have Jim a couple, Bob, yeah. Or, yeah, they have a, they have a couple, but all of them always look amazing, pretty much. Yeah, the ones are from like the balcony where you can get the full view of the the ballroom, uh, they always look tremendous. But and they have managed to occasionally incorporate that into their actual shows with their you know more standard video camera work. Um, and I think it works particularly well when they've managed to set up um, like post-match or like character moments when a match isn't actually taking place. Often when like uh, someone's just lost and they're kneeling in the ring um, and they're they're looking dejectedly at the crowd. That's mm. the perfect moment for these artistic zoomed-in shots where the the background's a bit. Um, fuzzy and it's all all about the foreground and yeah, you yeah. really get the emotion there. That's perfect. That's not during the match, during the action. And they, mm. I think they've kind of lost sight looking for these amazing artistic shots. They've lost sight of the idea of actually filming a wrestling match and their audience being able to watch a wrestling match. And it it was a real shame because. I could tell the the match that Sabre Jr. and Bate were having was a very, very good match. <laughs> but it was hidden behind a, a filter that <laughs> made it difficult to watch. Now, I, I still enjoyed the match. I, I, I yeah. think I ended up on like three and three quarters. But I, I get the feel that if I was there live and just be able to watch it properly, given the crowd reaction, it seemed like a better match than what yeah, I the, saw, the which crowd is ridiculous. Really, really into it. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is me from like a nerdy wrestling <laughs> aspect where I I'm all about the the match quality type thing. But but for me, all I want to be able to do is watch the match. I want to see what's happening. The 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 nice camera shots can be nice and all. But for me, what matters is the work of the wrestlers. That's the hardest thing, and they were ex executing that brilliantly, and yet you weren't be able to view it, and that really annoyed me. Yeah, I don't have too much else to say <laughs> other than that. You covered it pretty comprehensively. Um, I, yeah, it was a tremendous like grappling affair, um, and obviously the finish of Saber just pretzling him up, and like his finishes always being different in every single match he's having right now. Seems pretty fun. Well, he did finish with the young boy killer here, but he's he's doing masterful stuff with all these different holds that he's pulling out, and you, you never know what a ZSJ match is going to look like, really, and I think that's a good thing. It did upset me ever so slightly that um, 
the young boy killer's actual name was revealed here, so now Ooh. really we shouldn't be calling it the, the oh, young no, boy killer. Oh no, it's still the young boy killer. It's, it's still the young boy killer in my heart. Um, my heart? <laughs> yes, I have two of them, apparently. Uh, in my heart. Um, if, if I had one slight criticism in the action, I did think the the finish was somewhat abrupt, but, yeah, mm. you know, the, uh, an excellent contest. I only wish I could have uh, watched it properly. Um, but uh, on a more positive note, um, I want to talk about that Mark and uh, that Mark, Mark Andrews, that Mark Davis versus Volta at this title match. Yeah, that was my favorite progress match ever. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> high praise I, indeed. I'm I'm aware I am the high match on this. I know for a lot of people, uh, the high man on this. I know for a lot of people, this wasn't even uh, Volta's best progress match this year. Uh, uh, a lot of people prefer the Thatcher match. But I watched this Davis match with, you know, expectations somewhat high, given how amazing Volt has been for the last, um, well, a long time, but uh, specifically in the last year or so. Um, but I haven't heard too much hype. I've heard this was a very good match, but not um, nowhere near the same levels of hype with the Thatcher match. And I was absolutely blown away. Yeah. Um, this well, it was both... a special environment, I thought, and like a really a cool story that they told, which can turn into like a Walter Star kind of. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I don't even know the word, but just match feud <laughs> series. Rivalry, I'm trying to yeah. fumble for the word. Yeah, it could turn into something like that. It it was it. I think. You know, narratives naturally occur in wrestling, um, and people kind of see what they expect to see uh, a lot of the time. And and one of them, uh, one of those narratives that's generally built built up um, uh, in Europe recently is that every Volta match is absolutely brutal, and a lot of them are. But this match for me was the one that that really was like a level above. Everything else I've seen from um, Volta in terms of brutality in the last year, probably since the Dragonov match, um, mm. it was like three chops into the match, and um, Davis's chest was was not just like you couldn't just see the the hand imprint; blood was spurting out of his chest, like it was horrific. And I, I very much enjoyed the Thatcher match. Um, I went four stars on it. I, I thought it was a great match. Didn't quite see it as the, the match of the year contender that some people did. Um, but this Davis match was everything um, I wanted out of a Volta match. Um, he's been uh, an elite level guy in Europe for a long time. And ever since he's come into progress, he's got a lot of respect. He's been seen as a, a great wrestler, obviously. Um, but I think in these last two matches, with his defense against Thatcher and now his defense against Davis, the way he's worked those two matches mm. has pushed him up onto another level in progress. He's not only looked at now as someone who's having consistently great matches, he's now got kind of an aura of who the hell is going to beat this guy. He's the final boss of progress right now, and he's 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 put that Atlas title above and beyond. Like, Riddle made it feel important and made it feel like a special riddle title but Walter's made it feel like the most important title flat out hands down a hundred percent agree um he 
final boss is the perfect way to describe it because he's now gone into two matches in a row with big guys who have hit real hard and have a lot of respect from the progress audience and the way he structured the matches um they haven't they haven't been squashes but mm. they've cons- they've both conveyed the idea that Walter is just on another level to both yeah. these guys and they're getting their, these little flurries in, and they're they're wrestling brilliant matches. They're they're in cave in the kayfabe sense, they're doing really well, and it's just nowhere near enough. Yeah, they um, get massacred early on, and no matter how much fight they put in, <laughs> they just can't beat the brick wall. It's like if these guys are doing wrestling this hard and getting nowhere near, and you do kind of get that sense from the matches. You mm. you never really feel like Volta's that close to losing. Yeah, they're not back and forth PWG indie affairs. They're just <laughs> they're beatdowns. They're wars, and by the end of them, you just get the feeling, damn, that other guy was just outclassed there. Mm. He never really had a chance, especially in this Davis <laughs> match. The the Thatcher match was a bit more back and forth because you kind of had the um, Thatcher had a, a slight edge technically. But against Davis, Davis went all out, but really had no advantage uh, in anything. Uh, he he the, the few times he did kind of get the upper hand very very briefly, it would be he'd he'd um, take a big risk. He you know it's not often you see uh, Mark Davis go for a dive, but he, he went for a suicide dive that got him yeah. the upper hand for a few seconds. He rolls Walter back into the ring, <laughs> gets back in, and as soon as he stands up, Walter's booted him in the face, and he's um, Walter's straight back on top. This was this was massively structured because for me it's so hard to have a great match where one guy is presented as so much better than the other, that's really hard mm. to do. Um, because th- the easiest way to have a great match is to kind of have your back and forth. And they don't do that here. They present Volta as a significantly better wrestler than Davis. Davis is amazing in his own right, in the way he plays. Um, he He was so, so easy to root for here. You just wanted him to do everything. All his offense looked great. I love his um his like springboard punch that he does to like a instead of like a boot wash. I I love that. I the, the way he teased the pop up um the pull up pile driver. Everything he <laughs> did looked great. The crowd were a hundred percent behind. Oh yeah. As as you um kind of mentioned earlier for the um the bait ZSJ match, um uh, I thought this Manchester crowd was the best progress crowd that I've heard in a long time. Uh, I was. I'm right in thinking it was the Manchester crowd, right? Yeah, this is Manchester. Yeah, uh, I just had a doubt myself briefly there. Um, yeah, I thought this crowd was absolutely incredible, and you know, it. I I love 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 this match, and think it's absolutely must watch. Um, awesome. This is currently my number three match of the year, anywhere, just behind um, Okada Naito and um, my number one at the moment of uh, Gargano Almas. Uh, and I think it's right up there with these two. It's... Yeah, I'm I'm not as high as that, but I <laughs> I definitely appreciate it as a big step in like the presentation of Walter in progress. Uh, just as as that elite level guy, the guy to beat right now. Um, and yeah, Mark Davis really shining here. Probably his best match in Britain to date. 
in like the the nine months he's been here. And yeah, he's won the crowd over completely, as the Aussie Open Act has as well. Yeah, I, one of the things I love in wrestling is a non-traditional structure, and and I think that's a large part of why I love this match so much because it it you know it would it could have been so easy I imagine for Davis to go, no, I don't really want to wrestle this match where I'm completely dominated. Can you give me a bit more? Uh, and you know. I, I don't know how that would have would have handled, but I think that that's what would have happened in a lot of cases. But um, Davis here played his role perfectly as this underdog who never really had a chance, but battled hard and battled with heart, and he got so over here in defeat. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think he's this is the best boon for his character in ages. I think he probably said to Walter just before they went through the curtain, just fuck me up. <laughs> because and that's basically what he did. God damn, did he. Like, the oh, the the way after the initial chops where his, his chest was just absolutely ripped to shreds. Yeah. And these were the loudest chops I've ever heard from Volta. <laughs> uh, and that's saying something, because Volta never has a bad chop and I've watched the Dragonov match. I think, you know... The chops are a little louder here than even in the Dragonov match, and that's that's saying something. It was a it was a gunshot every single time, and you know Davis is no slouch in chopping um, and high fives for that matter, um, and he was he was going at Volta with everything he got, and he didn't leave a dent. Volta kind of just gave him the look like, no, no, that's yeah. not how you chop. This is how you chop. Yeah, you can't wait for these two to get back into the ring again. They're going to have a great series. And the next time they face off, the crowd is going to be molten for it because they know what's going to come next and they'll want Davis to do better than this. That's the most exciting thing of this match is that they can do even better than this. Like, I thought it was a really good match. You thought it was an excellent match. And there's still way more places to go here. Yeah, it's given Davis a lot of growth room in his character, and I think it it's almost the perfect setup for him going into the Natural Progression series. Um, <laughs> I forget I, that he's in that. <laughs> it it he, seems weird given his age and stuff, and yeah. his experience worldwide, but uh, I I hope he wins that um, because I mean there, there's actually a lot of a lot of good options there. Um, obviously, there's my guy Ridgeway, which I would definitely not cry about winning. But I think after that performance, um... winning and challenging Walter. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, title shot. yes. Oh please, um, yes. I I would love that. Um, now, obviously, it'll be be interesting to see just how much the the positive babyface reaction from the sympathy that he gained here will carry over into his next appearance, especially given that um, this was a Manchester show, so that you imagine the next um, show he's on is probably going to be in Camden. So it's interesting, it'll be interesting to see how it carries over, but I really hope it carries over strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, because I, th- I think you really could, this could have been a star making performance. It definitely felt like it in the moment for me. Um, and yeah, oh god, the. One of my favourite visuals, and this is actually um, one of the few shots they did get right uh, from the camera work um, in in progress uh, for this show, after me railing on them for the, the Sabre Jr. match. Um, when Davis was kind of on his knees and Volta stood behind him, and they get real low with the camera, and they just 
tilt it upwards so you can just see Volta mm. towering over Davis from behind and Davis not entirely sure he's there he's just exhausted laying there with his chest already absolutely battered and then you just see Volta's huge left hand just go onto um, Davis's shoulder to hold him in place while his right hand goes up and just slams down from above several times again into his chest from behind it, I, I just love that shot. And, <laughs> and that's why they do the weird zoom up it. your nostrils, <laughs> so that they can get that one shot per show and get the gif. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I could talk about this match for a long, long time, um, but if you haven't seen this match, you, you need to, because I think it's... Um, if, if you... Chances are you probably won't love this match as, as much as me because from everything I've seen, I'm the high man. But I think everyone can really appreciate the non-traditional structure of this. Um, this is exactly what I want from the Atlas division. Like, I enjoyed Riddle's run with the title. I thought he had lots of good matches. But it never really felt like what the Atlas division, in anyway, in what my head was it never yeah, felt like big lads want. wrestling this is what they need <laughs> this was big lads wrestling and please give me more please yeah both guys really gained a lot through this and walter you know is the king of progress right now and compared to what they're doing with the the world title which is feels like kids squab squabbling at their little table and this is the big daddy table <laughs> this is the man right now and they're building him up really really well it's it's so, so simple, uh, what they're doing. They're having a guy who's a really good wrestler uh, and absolutely brutal, and challengers are stepping up, and he's just knocking them down. Mm -hmm. and, it's and it's so compelling. simple, but it's so compelling. Not just because of how great the matches are, um, but god damn it, that helps. Um, but by the, the stories the matches are telling, and by the, the general um, through line through all of it, of you're just so interested, and I'm I'm so interested in what the next step is. Who's next for Volta? Who who in the hell can beat him now? Mm. And you, when you compare that to the um, the world title scene, which again has guys I really like. I like Chris Brooks. I love um, T.K. Cooper. I love Travis Banks. Um, but what they're doing. You can hear it in the crowd reactions. This storyline for them is getting them all slightly less over. Yeah. Whereas Davis just got dominated in a match and is now considerably <laughs> more over. Volta yeah. was the other side of that match and is now considerably more over. Like, the proof is in the crowd reactions here. Yeah, a bunch of tweeners squabbling and just getting title shots handed to them and some weird non-story, non-issue taking place. And also the splitting up of the power couple, and so now TK Cooper doesn't really have an identity. And that was like the one act that really felt hot and didn't have all, all of its potential growth uh, met, so that they had pl still plenty more places to go with the power couple, and now we'll never see that. It's just very strange what they're doing with those three, and, but so simple what they're doing with Walter, and it's a million times more effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, I feel like all we've done uh, since we've we've started season two of um, the roundtable is praise Volta, but uh, yeah. god damn it, he well, he's given it. us a lot of reasons to do so because <laughs> he's 
winning everywhere. He's absolutely crushing it this year. Uh, 100%, and the, the Volta talk is is not done, because we have a 16-carat preview coming up, uh, where he is going to form a, a large part of the overall weekend, even though he's not actually in the tournament. Um, just before we move on to that, do you have anything else you want to mention from this chapter? Um, just what the... I enjoyed the formation of the Havoc Haskins and Haskins team, but what the hell have they done in the six months since? Just, it's actually part of their gimmick now that they're not going to explain why they're now baddies. And I just think that's so, so lazy and just so, you know, oh, you'll boo them anyway because, you know, we're telling you to boo them. I, I have no idea what's going on with that. And the fact that these two heel teams are rematching despite not having a particularly good first match and nobody caring about it is just uh, <laughs> very difficult to care about that division right now. Yeah, um, I think CCK getting injured screwed up a lot of the plans there, yeah, but definitely. they could have handled this so much better. And in terms of um, motivation for the um, the the Triple H team, um, <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about British Strong Style there. Um, in terms of motivation, I don't need much. In fact, I prefer it to not be some massive elaborate plan, but just some. You know, you know one we're of the few... angry. Yeah, <laughs> that's like all any... you need to say. Anything. Um, one of the simplest things in wrestling is set up a character's motivation, and then you can invest in the character. Yeah, look at Rise. We're going to talk about them soon, but they built up. They established their motivation instantly, and then built up their characters from that point. But here, they've sort of taken pre-existing characters and just sort of puked them out as heels. You give any character a motivation, and that's that's it makes it so much easier to build a character around that, and it makes it so much easier for a crowd to invest either positively or negatively. You can disagree with the motivation and go, and but then everything they do is towards that, and if you disagree with that motivation, then that leads to a natural negative reaction from a crowd. It just just something. It's so easy. <laughs> Literally and... anything to invest yeah. in. Not stealing Flash Morgan Webster's helmet. <laughs> That's not going to get me angry at you. Oh, man. Um, yeah, if you could remove Flash from progress, then, you know. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oof. <laughs> Heavy shot. <laughs> nah, I, oh, I and don't... also... Oh, sorry. I don't mind Flash that much anymore. He's fine. Yeah. He puts on consistently good matches. I just want, don't want him anywhere near main events. Although, it does slightly annoy me that from um, that kind of area, that, that group of guys, that Flash is the guy who gets used everywhere instead of uh, Hitchman, when Hitchman's clearly better. But, uh, you know, whatever. And whatever. speaking of uh, Morgan Webster, the match he was in, you know, kind of a nothing match with Mark Andrews, but it continued the Eddie Dennis story, and I'm very much enjoying the I'm gonna follow you all over the world uh, shtick that Eddie is doing. It, it it's just keeping you in his mind, in your mind, and I really, really hope they don't waste that match before Wembley because they can build that up. They've been sort of given a blessing in disguise with the injury. They can build intrigue to that match for September and make it a really big part of their biggest show ever and really establish that as a, a big match scenario. I really hope they don't spunk it. Eddie is a perfect example of what we were just talking about. 
He's got a clear motivation. Yeah. You understand why he's now, you know, a bad guy. It all makes sense. Um, and it makes it so easy to invest in him. Yeah. And, he... and they're using examples from their own history. It's rewarding you for caring. <laughs> it makes him so much more of a compelling character. And it's really easy, but, you know, he's doing a great job. I don't want to take that away from him. But, you know, you've got someone there showing you how to do it. Just, it's... Uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I do to to give progress their credit. I feel they had a um, one of their worst creative years ever last year, and this year has been an uptick from that. But there are still kind of these holdovers where you just like go, "Come on, you you knew how to tell stories. You're showing you know how to tell stories again with some things in this company, but with others, it's like no." Which is strange, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I think progress it, is is improving though. Yeah, um, it's very difficult for to, to break down some of this stuff because it just makes you just throw your hands in the air. But yeah, it, yeah, it's so odd that they're doing so many things right with certain characters and so many things wrong with others. It's a very uh, up and down promotion right now. It it does make you think with their um, trio of owners that maybe some of them are controlling. <laughs> <laughs> some feuds and some are controlling others. Quite possibly, quite you, possibly. You do we wonder. Won't, uh, point the finger. You do wonder, um, and then think. Hmm. Remember who took charge of the uh, the soap opera pro wrestling that they did briefly? Uh, I wonder if he's the one controlling the uh, world title scene at the moment, because that would perhaps make a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, at least at least there's no porn acting anymore. <laughs> That we can all be thankful for. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Right. Uh, should we move on to um, the wrestling festival? Oh, yes. It's it's the big one. <laughs> it's, it's somewhat upsetting because I'm uh, not able to go this time, but uh, two years in a row that I've been invited and had to turn it down. It's... <sighs> it doesn't matter, Rob. Like, exams mean nothing. A dissertation... <sighs> I should just like skip some exams and go. It's it's a it's something that's been considered. But uh, next year, <laughs> next year's the one. Next year's the one. Awesome. But yeah, they've really upped the ante on this weekend. It because they're sort of going for a more WrestleMania weekend style event. If it didn't already feel like that, they're cramming more and more shows onto the weekend. I think there's going to be four shows on Saturday, including the after party, which was semi-legendary last year. Um, I'm very excited, and we're going to break down everything that we know about the WXW 16 Karat Gold weekend right now. Now, we, we should say up front that we're recording this on the 24th, um, so this is the day before the Road to 16 Karat show, so obviously we don't know what's happened there, so before you um at all of us saying yeah. oh that that match has already happened we do know who the last person in is at the time of recording we don't 
Um, not that I'm sure you would would do that, because um, you're all lovely people, lovely listeners. Um, but just to avoid any confusion there. So how are we going to go about this? Should we, uh, Should we go break down chronologically? The field first? Uh, I'd say break down the 16-carat field first, and then we can go chronologically with all the shows. Okay, cool. That, that, that sounds good. Um, so, and I'll just give a, a quick shout-out to um, backbodydrop.com, Ian's Hamilton site. Um, he has like a full listing of everything uh, to do with um, the 16-carat weekend, all, all the different shows, all the many cards, all in one place, which is uh, very useful for us here. So backbodydrop.com, a good site. Um, so he has the entrance alphabetically, so we've got, we'll just run through them very quickly, um, and then kind of go and give our macro thoughts on the, yeah. on the field. Um, so from, uh, guys who are, uh, natives or, you know, the core roster, we've got Absolute Andy, uh, Alexander James, um, who I guess you can kind of class in there now. Uh, he's been training there for a while, so yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. This is like his third tour there. Um, Avalanche, um, Damak, David Starr, uh, Jern Simmons, Lucky Kid, um, uh, Timothy Thatcher, and one other who we'll get to later, who will be Rota 16 Carat. And then in terms of imports, we've got... Uh, Chris Brooks, who is a guy who used to be quite closely associated with WXW, hasn't been back for quite a while, um, but is making his return here at Carrot. Uh, you've got Jonah Rock, all the way over from Oceana. Um, Keith Lee, Mark Haskins, Matt Riddle, making his return after his uh, semi-final appearance last year. Uh, and Matt, Matt Seidel and Travis Banks. Uh, so what's your overall thoughts on this field, Ollie? Uh, I'm really excited about the the native core roster guys that they've got going. Um, Alexander James and Lucky Kid, two names that nobody will really know much about unless they are, you know, hardcore WXW fans. They have a real shot at impressing people. Um, I think James especially kind of wowed us at uh, Tag League, both in and out of the ring. Just like the g- good wrestling mind that he has. Um, and that really good match to kick off the weekend he had with Julian Pace at Inner Circle, just that was a very simple match, but it just it was the perfect like opening match to the weekend. Um, just very very simple logic, but effective logic. Um, and Lucky Kid, he's been the most impressive in ring member of the the Rise Goons, um, and has you know more than held his own in the storyline. Um, and yeah, big spots for guys like Avalanche, Tim Thatcher. Uh, they have potential to really go far because there's no Walter, no Ilya, no Bad Bones, so it's sort of a chance for another guy to step up and sort of prove that that main roster guys can really hang with the best of the best. And obviously Jern Simmons versus David Starr is highlighting night one, and that's going to be a really big deal. They've been building to that since, well, the end of the Tag League, and sort of everything surrounding Jern Simmons has been building to that. Now that he's fully turned heel again. Uh, as for imports, 
There's no kind of like weird import guy, if you know what I mean, like a Koji Kanemoto, like a guy who's just like really far out there. I guess maybe Matt Seidel because we haven't seen him since he went to Hawaii. Um, and the rest of the guys are kind of uh, the who's who of the touring names of Europe, uh, like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Um, you could kind of throw jo- Jonah Rock in there as yeah, a weird, Jonah Rock weird-ish will- guy. I guess so, but he'll be here like a couple of weeks beforehand, so we'll like get a chance to scope him out before Carrot. But yeah, I, no, I get that. He's from a different area of the world. They do want it to be a worldwide tournament, as they've said. So having a guy from the hot territory, Oceana, get, getting his chance here, that's a really cool thing too. Um, and also, we've got one more spot to fill, which is likely to be either Marius or Alani or Mike Bailey, depending on the direction they go in. How would you um, rate this year's field compared to last year's? Because for me, I'd probably say it's slightly weaker overall, but maybe a bit more balanced throughout. Um, Yeah, well, it's got uh, Banks, Brooks and Haskins, who I guess aren't really special to us, but to the German fans, they won't have seen them in a while. And obviously Brooks was a big Mm -hmm. deal in WXW a few years ago, so that's kind of important for him uh, to be in 16 Carat. Um, and yeah, certainly some shine on the sort of B-level uh, WXW guys, and they get a real chance to stand out and be main event players here. Um, no, I definitely get that, because uh, there's no like um, no Cody Rhodes being like a big star import. Um, like, yeah, I, I could get the argument that it's slightly weaker than last time. I think the um, taking out uh, Volta and Ilya is always yeah. gonna hurt, uh, and Bad Bones for that matter, uh, is always gonna hurt uh, a tournament. But uh, as you said, I quite like the the ch- that it kind of seems to give um, some of the the guys just a level below in WXW from their kind of native roster more of a chance to shine with definitely uh, obviously Volta and um, Bad Bones in the uh, the title match this time, um, and then uh, Ilya. Kind of on a a mystery sabbatical, which no one's mm. quite sure uh, how long will will last. Um, and you know that's not to say I'm not into the the field. I think it's a, oh yeah, a I'm very really strong really field. into it. There's going to be plenty of excellent scraps going on in there, and obviously we've already got Star Simmons confirmed uh, for the main event of night one, and that's a major blood feud going in. So that you, you can guarantee that that's going to be intense, no matter what happens. This is um, Simmons' first ever carrot tournament. Which... It is, yeah, because the last two times he's won the title here. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see if he, he keeps that um, that positive streak going. Um, yeah. Since that's the the one tournament match we've got confirmed so far, um, let's let's give it, give it a bit of talk. Um, Star versus uh, Simmons. They really like to do this kind of the um, one of the ongoing. Feuds every year uh, will go into Carrot and be an announced first round match, often with a, a stipulation added. A few years ago, it was uh, Skull versus Dita Jr. going yeah, in. Yeah, which the crowd match. fucking hated. <laughs> um, last year, it was Avalanche versus um, Dragonov, uh, of course, going in. That was another very good first round and match. And Walter versus Star as well. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, and now this year we've got um, a very heated 
uh, Star versus Simmons match, which I think is going to be no DQ. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's no DQ of stipulation because Jan Simmons has been decapitating people for the last few months. All of his previous best friends he's turned on. Um, and yeah, just it's going to be very exciting and very intense because we haven't seen David Starr in a while. The last time we saw him, he got decapitated. Dirty Jargon's been decapitated. Alexander James got decapitated as a heel to establish that. And then Ian Simmons turns it around on everyone. And that that was like a stab in the gut because that visual of Simmons bringing the cane down on James's head just after he, in the I Quit match, just after he said I Quit. And then the music playing and it was triumphant and everyone was happy. And then he's using the same exact visual as a heel to like kill Dragon, who's so sympathetic. And yeah, <laughs> it, that one got me. That one got me right in the emotions. So they've really tapped into to my emotions for this match. So it's definitely going to be heated for me. Who who do you have winning this one? Um, I think I'm leaning towards Star, but it, it could really go either way. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one to call really because if you you feel like Jan Simmons is going to win the whole thing if he wins this match. Um, whereas they could always eliminate Star in the final or something. Um, I <laughs> last year way... I called Star beating Walter and how stupid that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think either way, um, the winner is probably going deep. Um, I'd be surprised if either of them got eliminated before the final Yeah. post-winning this. Obviously only one of them can make that run. But um, Yeah, you, you've got stories there with both of them. I think if Star wins, then, and especially if Volta wins the championship match, then that's an inbuilt perfect story there. Um, the next chapter of that, um, you know, sort of rivalry that's, I think you could ac- accurately describe it as a historic rivalry at this point, especially in WXW's history. Um, and then on the other side, if you, you want to have Simmons win, um, Having a kind of a, a yearly story, um, not entirely dissimilar to the way kind of Undertaker has a WrestleMania, had at WrestleMania with his streak of um, every time Simmons goes to Carrot Weekend, he wins whatever his target is. That's yeah. that's another cool story. Yeah, de- definitely whoever wins this match is going to the final. I can't see them unless they run an angle. I can't see them like eliminating the winner of such a heated match and then eliminating them the night after. <laughs> uh, in terms of other stories, tournament-wise, um, we, uh, as we said, Road to 16 Carat hasn't happened yet. Um, we're kind of on the, under the assumption that either Alani or Bailey is going to win. The other options there are Julian Pace, Jay Skillet, uh, Wright Muller, uh, Francis Caspin and Michael Dante. The, the other two that would perhaps make sense was either Caspin uh, or Skillet. You could viably see in the tournament, but it's probably going to be Aulani or Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're the two bigger names. That that could be a really fun final to the Road to 16. Oh, Carrot, definitely. Actually. Yeah, uh, I can see those two show. having a great match together. Um, uh, where was I going? Um, so if Alani um, make, manages to make it into the tournament, do you think they um, they have the singles match between Andy and Alani here? 
Uh, it'd be difficult to justify not having it. I think it may well happen at Carrot, but I was thinking more it was going to happen um, on the Sunday, on the on night three, as like the Blood Feud match that they have, uh, which they usually do um, in non-tournament. You could see something like um, Alani versus Bailey being the final of the um, Road to 16 Carrot, and then Andy Costi Alani in that match. Um, meaning that um, Alani doesn't qualify for the 16 carry itself, um, and then that then leading to Alani uh, seeking revenge in that night free bridge yeah. match. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, other than that, oh. who do you see if you had to pick one guy who you're really looking forward to watching uh, in this environment um, and to potentially have kind of a, a breakout tournament? Well, obviously, Keith Lee is probably going to have a stellar match at some point, <laughs> and I'd imagine they're going to book him strongly. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Chris Brooks can do as well in the singles environment, because we've only ever really seen flashes of him as like a single star in Britain, and not when he's been tied to the ridiculous story he's currently in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say Alexander James has an excellent chance of having a great match with a big name or someone like Tim Thatcher, and... You know, they've been practicing a mat- matches with each other in the dojo, so there's a couple of names there that could definitely break out, and yeah, Alexander James and Lucky Kid have excellent opportunities to make a name for themselves. I'm really looking forward to um, seeing Avalanche in this tournament. Um, oh, yeah. Just because um, post-injury, this is his second carrot, and last year he um, he seemed, well, kind of going back a bit further... Uh, before his injury, he seemed primed for a big run at Carrot, and obviously he, he got a big injury that took him out for a long time. Um, so then he came back, um, was in last year's Carrot, but uh, obviously lost to the eventual winner, Dragonov in the first round, uh, and that was kind of as a result of them having that feud. Um, I think this year's the year that he gets his really big run. Um, I would not be shocked to see him make the finals. I kind of expect him to at least make the semi-finals because um, he's been being booked very strongly at the moment, and you know, backing that up with his performances as well. I'm, I would love to see like a, an Avalanche Jonah Rock match or yeah, and or um, and we, yeah. David oh, Starr. Uh, David Starr, if he manages to get past Simmons, I think Avalanche um, versus Starr could be a, another terrific match. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him a lot slimmer now uh, than he was last year. We've He's been posting the pics on Twitter, and he looks a lot more in shape and ready to go and have bangers this year. Um, and that's just after a year of coming off of injury and just getting back into that prime shape. And yeah, <laughs> this is definitely his time now to really shine, and I they'd be crazy not to give him a run here. Um, who else do we see potentially going far? Um, how do you think Demac will do? I see him getting a, at least a decent run um, as kind of the rise representative. I think Lucky Kid has a, a first round loss written all over him, but maybe... Yeah. You, you follow Shotgun a bit more closely than me, so maybe things are pointing in a different direction. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, those other guys, like we say, the B-level WXW guys, um, you could even throw Thatcher in there uh, as well, but like Mac, Andy, 
kid, it's difficult to say really, because um, they're sort of more wrapped up in their own stories. Um, and like last year, the Max felt so insignificant, like he got eliminated immediately from Cody, who we all knew wasn't going to be losing um, to the Mac. So obviously he's now a rise guy, and he's like the right hand man of Bones. So I could see him winning something, but I just, I can't see him making any sort of run beyond round two. Kid is probably going to lose in the first round, but that isn't to say that he can't have a good match doing it. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how they play it with Thatcher because there's so many guys who could. There's not a lot of guys who you can earmark for definite first round losses here. There's a lot of guys who you would say, yeah, they can definitely go through like more than eight. So there's going to be some upsets in round one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's um. There's a good 11 or 12 guys who you could say, yeah, I could see them in the quarters or even the semis. Mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of the imports, it, it's hard to predict how far they'll do. Um, they always seem to treat Riddle with a lot of respect, so I expect he'll at least get a couple wins. Um, but guys like Travis Banks, Matt Seidel, even Keith Lee, Jonah Rock, I've got no idea how far they're going to progress, really. Um, which makes it exciting, really. Um, Definitely. It's it's not unpredictability just to, to swerve you, it's just you don't know what's going to happen, but you're intrigued to see. Um, that's that's what you want out of wrestling. That's what you want. Um, <laughs> so I guess we'll uh, we'll now loop back and kind of go chronologically uh, yeah. through all the shows and the stuff that's announced for them so far. Um, so the weekend, or week I guess, kicks off on Thursday, uh, March... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, kicks off Thursday, March 8th with Inner Circle, uh, and that's the show that happens twice yearly before both the big tournaments um, that uh, takes place at the, the Wrestling Academy, which is apparently impossible to get to. Um, especially <laughs> well, it's if you in fly Essen, into the town the, over, so <laughs> you found it very difficult. Especially if you fly into but... the wrong uh, airport. Yeah, it's, it's quite the journey um, from Dusseldorf Airport at like 10.15 and then you have to occupy yourself for a few hours before you can even get into the hotel and then you have to find some way around uh, the Rhein-Ruhr train system and the first time I did it I got hopelessly lost and just barely made it in time for the opening bell. Second time I was a lot more confident made my way to the station, handed in my ticket, punched it in in the little box which you have to do otherwise they'll fine you and made my way to Essen so yeah, it's a weird one, <laughs> but a good one. <laughs> uh, I think we've got two matches announced for that this so yeah. far. Uh, both of them look uh, really appealing, and that's uh, Volta versus Jonah Rock, which should be a hell of a big man fest. Um, that sounds like just the kind of match that you want to follow on from um, Volta's recent matches in progress. Jonah's Definitely. kind of the, the perfect follow-up there. He offers something a little bit different to both Thatcher and Davis, but the same kind of big man meat um, that you you wanting out of uh, uh, Vulture at the moment. Uh, and then the the other match announced is Mike Bailey versus Mark Haskins, which um, sounds like it could be excellent. Yeah, in that environment, I can see Walter versus Jonah Rock being really, really awesome. And Mike Bailey versus <laughs> uh, Mark Haskins, also really awesome matchup. Um I don't know if it either going to be like absolutely blow away or get the chance to be absolutely blow away, um, but that show is always so much fun because you you know 
you're just a couple of hours into Germany. Um, you know, you're all gathered around a ring. There's no not a bad spot in the academy to be watching it. You're all huddled around. Everyone's chanting and joking. You know, it's a great atmosphere, and I think the guys are gonna have a lot of fun with that show. Um, it is a very, it has an exclusive feel to it. Wrestling luminaries, as I think uh, Alan put it over in commentary, uh, <laughs> as the crowd being full of. Um, yeah, both matches sound a hell of a lot better than a two-hour Iron Man match, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> as as very Jer- lucky. As lucky Jerm boys. Simmons, um, as Jerm Simmons said, uh, at World Tag Team League, who in the hell would want to watch that? That's so that's such a selfish match to have, um, which I think summed up most of our thoughts. Um, yeah. So then the second show is the. 16 Carat uh, Night 1 show on Friday, um, which we've pretty much covered. That will feature all the first round matches, including um, uh, Simmons versus Star in an ODQ match that we're particularly looking forward to. Um, yeah, nothing else announced for that, I think, so far? Uh, no. Um... The announcement of Tony Storm coming in is for night two and three that yeah. she's going to be wrestling on. So nothing for night one other than the main event. Um, then on the Saturday, um, you reach the day of heaven slash hell, depending <laughs> on... Um, I cannot yeah. wait for this day and just what the hell it's going to look like. <laughs> um, when I was over at uh, Mania for um, last year, I, I did a I think I did a four show day and was yeah. absolutely dead by the end of it. And then, you know, to be fair, it did end at 3am after I'd been up since mm. about 6am, so that was um, a tricky one for me, even with my insomnia. And also, if you sit down at a show, you're, t- you're a Tory, so you have to stay standing from 11am <laughs> the first bell until 2 or 3am when the after party ends. Uh, at some point during that day, we will eat, but Turbine and Harla is catered for for the first time ever. So, <laughs> McDonald's reign of terror is over, as you put it, it on Twitter. Um, yeah, so the show kicks off um, with a wrestling cult show, um, which I very much hope has Lana Austin on it. Um, <laughs> as the billboard promised a few months ago. It did. Uh, La- who was it? Lana Austin is super crazy, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if they were wrestling each other, but <laughs> they were the, the build talents. Um... In terms of what's announced for that, so that's doors open at 10.30am um, for an 11am bell time. So it's going to be quite a short show, if assuming it finishes in time for um, Ambition, which oh, I suppose that starts at 1, they've got 2 hours or so. Although I'm not entirely sure how far away the Colt Temple is from the Turban and Howard. Uh, it's only the hop over a little bridge and the train tracks, so it's only a, like a 5 minute walk. This will probably be like an hour and a half show or something. Um, give you no time to eat, but, you know, who needs to eat <laughs> when you've got wrestling? Um, so, so far we've got a main event of Tristan Archer, um, who is uh, Clement uh, Petois from the Cruiserweight Classic, who I vaguely remember being decent. Um, he wasn't as impressive as the, the Italian dude, but uh, he, he was good. He was good. Uh, and he's against Carnage, who I have to confess I've never heard of. Um... <laughs> It's going to be a lot of that (laughs) coming up. (laughs) People Um, we've never heard of. 
And then we've got uh, two triple threat matches, um, which will qualify for you the for the International Colt Cup, um, a tournament I have previously never heard of. Um, so yeah, the those two triple threats are Manticore, who is Toby Blunt. That's who... a really weird gimmick because they're still calling him Toby Blunt, but he's like under a mask. <laughs> it's sort of negating the point of the mask <laughs> it's um silver ant all over again but as a gimmick um and there he's going up against julian pace who you were both uh both you and Alm were very impressed by at uh in a circle for world tag team league and the italian dream who i don't know who is Neither do I. <laughs> um, and then in the other triple threat, we've got um, everybody's favourite wrestler and um, Sarah Forel's uh, son, The Rotation, uh, going up against Chris Jokic and Mark Benjamin, who very well could be made-up names to continue a theme from uh, Voices of the Wrestling podcast recently. Um, for all I know, but I'm pre- um, I'm, I'm assuming Ian's not conning me here. Um, then we've got a tag team match between Soldiers of Fortune 2.0. Um, <laughs> I have no idea who the original Soldiers of Fortune were. <laughs> Let's hope these are the improved version. Um, and then going up against someone I have heard of, yes. um, Mike Schwartz, who question mark i think is bobby gunter's brother no 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 <laughs> bobby gunter's brother is uh vinnie the beast oh yeah of course who's mike schwartz then um is he, the he was on, he was on dead end he, he was on dead end recently um against Ian simmons in yes. the hardcore match That's he's like uh answer. oberhausen working man is his gimmick mike Me down cage match. Come on. There's no time to go down. Oh, he has a 3.68 rating on cage match. That's promising. <laughs> They're not um, a fan of him. <laughs> the uh, first comment on cage match for Mike Sports is Mike Sports looks like pro wrestling isn't exactly his sport. Oh, that's harsh. that's harsh. I enjoyed the Ian Simmons match. It was a good little pl- plunder brawl. Let's, let's Went through it. some tables. Belted Simmons over the head with like a stick with a bucket on the end. That was cool. Ah, he was a part of Pross. No, I was thinking he was yeah. part of the shits. Um, which was Vinnie the Beast and Bobby Gunn. Yeah, two kind of generic tag teams <laughs> that were prominent around the same I time. So yeah, easy to get confused. Um, apparently they feuded for a while. Um, was Mike Schwartz the one who, like, a while ago had the no DQ match with Volta, where Volta refused to... Ah, yeah, Superstars of Wrestling. I reviewed this. This is how I remember him. Uh, from 2016, uh, Superstars of Wrestling had a Force Count Anywhere match with Volta, where Volta was... This was just pre-ring camp. He was mm-hmm. still in his big daddy Volta days. And going into the match, he says, it's a Force Count Anywhere match, but he says, I don't need weapons, I am a weapon. Um, so you had Mike Schwartz going at him with chairs and kendo sticks and stuff. 
uh, and Bolter just refusing to use anything and still just <laughs> battering him. It was a wonderful match Sounds just amazing. for the story. And the best bit was the ending where uh, Mike Schwartz went for a choke slam on Volta onto a chair. Volta basically says no, slaps the hand down, chops him, kicks the chair away. Mike Schwartz goes at him with a kendo stick. Um, Volta catches the kendo stick, um, chops, chops Schwartz again. Uh, looks at the kendo stick, thinks about using it, then shakes his head, um, snaps the kendo stick over his knee, throws it away, um, big boots, sports, and power bombs him for the finish. Awesome. Um, it was a hell of a finish, and you can tell <laughs> by the fact I can remember it spot for spot yeah. all the way back from uh, April 2016. But do you think Schwartz and X will versus Soldiers of Fortune 2.0 have the same impact on you? Um, to be honest, I doubt I'll watch it, so no. <laughs> um, who else is announced? Josh Bodum's announced. I like Josh Bodum. That's very exciting. Um, <laughs> Why can't anyone random. else book him? <laughs> and uh, Shana. Who... Is she the Portuguese one? Shana's the Portuguese one. She's quite good as well. She is quite good. She is quite good. Um, that sounded very sexist. Um, I just have trouble remembering names, especially when they're... I've always found it a bit weird. Why do so many women's wrestlers only have one name, where barely any men's wrestlers do, unless they're yeah. in WWE? No, I have noticed this. You, like They all have like first names, and all the men have like last names. What's going on with that? <laughs> it, it makes it so much harder to keep them straight in your mind, or it yeah. does for me at least, because I have a Doing terrible my Jerry Seinfeld routine. What's the deal with women's wrestlers' names? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to all their surnames? Do they not know their parents? I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset. Um, yeah, that's about as good a wrestling cult six preview that you're getting from us. Um, sorry. Um, Moving on swiftly, because mm-hmm. um, let's talk about a show that we do know some of the people in, um, and that's Ambition 9. Uh, that's their yearly shoot fight tournament. Um, we've got um, Hedy... Oh, I've just said I know all the people in it. And the first Hedy name Hedy Karui? Hedy Karui. Um, apparently he was a prior Ambition finalist. I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. No, um, he's completely brand new to me. Um, but I, it is very cool that they're sort of bringing in um, sort of like more legit guys as like a one-off. It reminds me of uh, the Wesner appearance at Femme Fatale. This is exactly the kind of show you can bring in someone wacky and random from out of nowhere and have them kill it for, for like a one-off appearance. And have them amazingly become my favourite wrestler. Yeah. Vesna the... is my favourite wrestler now. Um, <laughs> Uh, so he's going up against David Starr, who is very good, and I do know, so go me. Um, I can't really comment on how good that match would be, because I don't know um, Karui, but yeah, Starr is usually These ambition very matches ambition. could literally be anything. <laughs> they could be like one minute long, or they could just be entirely grappling, entirely striking. It's it's a very varied show. I enjoy Starr at Ambition, though. He's, um, yeah. He wrestles very differently, but I, I enjoy it. Um I think it's cool to see him in that different environment. Um, second first round match, Bobby Guns uh, versus Rafa, um, all of our friend. Um, he's the Portuguese trainee who came over to uh, WXW to, to train. 
I think he's just coming back from a knee injury, so it's cool to see him get a, a somewhat yeah. of a big opportunity here. Yeah, um, he came over with Killer Kelly, so yeah, they'll definitely give him a chance, just like we did with Kelly. You imagine um, Bobby's probably winning here, um, since he's. Well, not... you say that, but he got destroyed in a minute last year, <laughs> an incredible display against Matt Riddle. Uh, so maybe they'll let Rafa be a killer and <laughs> crush guns again. Maybe. Um, I think Bobby Guns has moved up a bit on the car yeah, since definitely. then, though. Um, what with the shotgun championship reign, um, and since he's not going to be in Carrot, which I kind of expected he would be, I think he decided he he didn't want to be in the. Yeah, he's def he's defending the shotgun tournament. title instead, the, the A title as he called it, and the <laughs> B the B champ Bad Bones doesn't have to be in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that brashness. That boy, Bobby. Um, and then we've got Mike Bailey versus Jonah Rock. That sounds very fun. Um, I'm interested to see how Jonah Rock varies his um, offense up in a shoot yeah, tournament. I don't really know if he's got too much of a a legitimate background, but you know he's he's a big guy, a big who likes throwing people around, so he doesn't necessarily have to change it up too much. But it'll be interesting to see what alterations he does make. Yeah, I can't imagine that match in my head right now. Obviously, Bailey's very well suited to this style, um, being Mr. Taekwondo guy. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what Jonah Rock's like martial art is that they're gonna announce him as. Uh, but yeah, big guy doing big guy things. <laughs> I think is what we can expect. His uh, chosen martial art of big laddery. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally we've got Timothy Thatcher versus Alexander James. Um, oh, yes, this is gonna be a, a grappling affair. <laughs> this is gonna be grapple fuck city, but this is exactly the environment that that really really works in. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fan. I mean, I I have no gripe with it being on ambition. That's what ambition yeah. is for in the part. Um, a match I am very much looking forward to, though, is Volta versus Matt Riddle in a non-tournament ambition super fight. Yeah, um, they've taken both these guys out of the tournament because we all know they'd win. Um, so we've, they've taken <laughs> them out and they're, they're facing them off and it's going to be glorious because it always is. Yeah, that was my favourite bit of booking uh, from carrot weekend last year was matt riddle just winning the tournament because he's the one who was the ufc fighter <laughs> it's like andre the giant winning a battle royal of course he would um yeah. uh, any other thoughts on ambition uh, this would just be a bit of fun won't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's um... a lot more to talk about Ambition's always quite hard to to preview because it is so different and you can't really break it down mm. in any traditional sense because you never know what match is going to go six seconds or um, who's going to wrestle completely differently and all of a sudden you go, well, actually, I don't usually enjoy them, but in that setting, I love them. Yeah, um, it brings it all back to the core, really, of wrestling, like just the holds and the physicality of it. And I think when done right, by the guys who like really believe in that style, it can really shine through. And I think guys like Walter and Thatcher really get that, and they can accentuate small things and make them feel big. So that when just like a move like a power bomb happens, it feels devastating in comparison to everything else going on, which also looked like it hurt. 
Like, it, it's all about making moves like headlocks feel like they can end the match, <laughs> which I do like, and it does rub off on the rest of the weekend. It, it's always a bit of a weird um, thing, like, where if I try and not think about it too much from a kayfabe sense, because it's like, the rules aren't that different, but you're seeing guys wrestle very, very differently yeah. for no real reason. <laughs> but if you just enjoy it for what it is, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, um, as a I'm, once a year thing, you can't go wrong with it. I'm glad that it is a thing, um, and that um, it, it, it very much has its own place on 16 Carat Weekend, and is always somewhat of a highlight just because it's so different. Um, and, segue time, speaking of things that are a bit different, we have the first ever uh, Hashtag Wrestling Deutschland show, um, which is organised by WXW, uh, and it's basically to highlight the rest of wrestling in, in Germany, um, which I think is a really cool thing. Yeah, it's a very exciting little project that uh, they're organising. Uh, WXW sort of at the head of the table, but bringing all of the other promotions into their fold. You know, it's it's very uh, it's v- very good sharing their toys <laughs> with everyone else and giving everyone else some exposure. Because we do talk a bit of like mainland European wrestling as just WXW and nothing else, but obviously there's other stuff out there. So they're sort of giving a platform to everyone else to showcase what they got, and it could lead to nothing, or it could lead to them becoming more popular and us seeking them out a bit. So it is definitely a cool idea, and it makes the weekend feel that much more complete. Yeah, um, it it is definitely a a big opportunity for a lot of these guys who, again, we won't have heard of many of them, but um, it's a chance for them to break out, and it's it's probably a, a chance for them to impress WXW officials too, and potentially get books in WXW. Um, so I imagine the effort level here will be pretty high, that's for sure. I'm not sure about the overall talent level, but uh, I'm intrigued to say the least. Um, so we've got a few matches announced. Um, in general, we've got each promotion is putting forward one match. Um, so we've got um, Sasa Kiel's Maximum Wrestling is putting uh, forward a, a European Cruiserweight Championship match between Michael Knight uh, against Ivan Kiev of Rise. Um, not familiar with Michael Knight and Ivan Kiev, not a big fan really, so uh, we'll see about that one. Um, WXW's Academy is putting forward a trios match. Um, we have Julian Pace and the Pretty Bastards. Uh, Magaton Prince Ahura, that's from memory, is yes. that right? <laughs> um, going up against Timo. Uh, why am Ooh, I so bad you, at Can you name? say it? Peace? <laughs> nice? Place? Place? I don't know, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> You'd never know that I did German and in theory can speak it. Um, Timo Zimoni and Marius van Beethoven. Um, that could be fun. Julian Pace is good. Marius van yeah, Beethoven definitely. is good a good character. Selection of guys there and sort of bunging them all in, I think, is a good idea. Cause, like having a six man lets them all kind of show off without it getting too, you know, finicky. They can all have their high spots. Uh, then we've got the German Wrestling Promotion. Um, a very inventive name, that one. Um, has a match of Murat, oh god, 
Murat Bosporus? Murat Bosporus? <laughs> this is a hell of a name, yeah. Um, I'm not sure where he's from. <laughs> it, uh, I, feel, I feel like um, Rich Krejci having to pronounce Lucha names. Like, yeah. Oof. This really is our own Shikara name game, isn't it? Uh, versus, oh, it, how brilliant would it be if Ian had just made up these names and <laughs> was just presuming no one else would check? Make us look like a um, big idiot, yeah. And he's going up against Icarus, who I can say, um, Icarus isn't the Chikara guy under the same name. Um, oh no, uh, I reread. Oh. I wasn't reading properly. Oh. Oh, oh, I wasted saying it. Murat Bosporus <laughs> is off the show. <laughs> I didn't even need to say it. <laughs> oh. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed now. I wanted to see Murat Bosporus because um, it's a hell of a name. But, um, oh, I know both these guys then. Okay, this match could be quite good. Yeah, Icarus, um, this could be quite exciting. Who I believe yeah. is Hungarian. Um, I He was in the What Culture Pro Wrestling World Cup. And I watched him there, and he was pretty good, from what I can remember. And he's going up against Tristan Archer um, from the Cruiserweight Classic, who's good. Very he good. is good. <laughs> um, As a baseline. <laughs> so, yeah, that that should be That seems a good match. like the match to, to look out for, yeah. And I'm excited then, for Next oh, Step Wrestling's offer, though. <laughs> God damn it, this is more stuff to read out. Um... Yeah, so they're, they've got another trios match of the Schwinger Club. The Schwinger uh, Club. Uh, that, that, that brought my attention <laughs> when they announced that. Of course it did. Um, so they're Brent Rogers, that's an easy name. Uh, DG Dash, which is a hell of a name. And Rick Baxter with two X's. He's um, one of the, um, the guys who uh, shot the confetti cannon at Jack Sexsmith. In uh, the shortcut to the top, if I remember ah, correctly. Ah, yeah, the um, he... <laughs> what are they called? Ah. Their penis, like written on their shirt yeah, or something. something like posse in full effect or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wanked off a confetti ca- cannon into into uh, Jack Sixmas' face. That was uh, yeah, quite that the was sight. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that was a thing, and uh, they're going up against Chris Rock. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the undergraps <laughs> heavy undergraps Zeritus Zeritus <laughs> and... so Chris Rock Detritus <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lawrence Roman who I have Lawrence heard of. Roman yeah, um, he's appeared on WXW a few times yeah that could be something that that is the match to look out for, and that's uh, Ilya Dragunov's promotion as well. So <laughs> I want to see some uh, swinging going on. Um, the Schwingers versus Chris Rock and Detritus. No, Zeritus. Come on, don't don't Detritus. mock him. <laughs> don't mock him. Um, I'm I'm really disappointed that um, that my man, um, his name I'm forgetting now. Crazy sexy Mike. No, um, Murat Bosporus is off oh, the show. Oh, Murat Bosporus. I'm heartbroken. He's gone. Why, it doesn't say why he's off the show. Ian hasn't filled us in on that. Uh, right, I'm going to ask him. What's Ian. he done? Is he injured or is he, has he done a, a, a bad one? Has he, has he done too much swinging? Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna at Ian, and uh, hopefully we'll have an answer by the end of the show. Um, we also have a match uh, from the wrestling cult, but it's yet yet to be announced. Um, maybe Murat Bosphorus will be in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're getting giggly now. I've been told off for my giggling. Uh, not on this podcast, the other one I do, but I got told off for giggling. The one uh, you're cheating by, on us. By Facebook. We're at Bosphorus. What a name. What a name. Um, he might be my new favourite wrestler. Um, at Ian Hamilton. Why is Murat Bosphorus? <laughs> Off this show. That's uh, that's something to keep you keep you listening to, to find the conclusion to that. Um, oh, uh, Martin Stone versus David Starr announced for um, Rev Pro in New Orleans. That sounds fun. Mm, not um, bad at all. I think we've got to talk about the night two main event now. Yeah, we probably the, the should. very si- very serious business after Bosporus Man. <laughs> I don't know why that match has got me. So, that man's name has got me so much, but good lord. Um, yeah, you talk while I um, recover. Yes. So, sixteen karat gold night two is always the championship match uh, for the unified title, and that's always been the tradition. Um, and this time around, John Klinger versus Walter. Pretty much, they're two big boys uh, of the promotion going head to head. Bad Bones has absolutely taken the ball and run with it as unified champion since he won it uh, back in the summer of last year. Um, he's the rise leader, and that storyline has accelerated at a pace over the past couple of months. Because right at the beginning of the run, you know, they were sort of just a bunch of generic goons doing generic goon things. They were, you know, a heel stable. Interesting, but you know, someone to keep an eye on rather than like fully invested in. Then, when Bad Bones came in to the team, things picked up again, and it, it was interesting, but there was also a lot of interference in his matches. Um, you know, the classic WWE heel shtick of just the numbers game and all that. Um, but slowly over the time, they were building these characters, and they were establishing that there were interrelationships within the team. So, like, the Young Lions were out, like, looking out for themselves. Um... Ivan Kiev had been selected, but Pete Bouncer was only in because he was Ivan Kiev's friend, um, and that led to a rift between him and Bad Bones, and that has really blown up over the past couple of months. Some incredible stare-downs. Their, like, team meeting um, on Shotgun a couple of weeks ago had me on the edge of my seat, because <laughs> it got very, very emotional. Like, we'd seen the Golden Lovers be very emotional in wrestling, but these guys are also really working their acting chops and doing it successfully <laughs> for like a bunch of guys who can't speak English. Um, well, not that that's a problem, but like we're not seeing, they're not like you can't pick up on the slight verbal cues that the German language gives their acting, but it still comes through anyway. Uh, so it has been a real success for Shotgun the last few weeks. This this rise storyline. Um, and Bad Bones is at the head of it, and not only is the story working really well, the matches are working really well. Uh, we saw that excellent eight-man against Cerberus at Tag League, another excellent eight-man um, in the Kaffigschlacht. I think I've said that right, I hope so. Kaffigschlacht. Um, and that was <laughs> that was a really, really well-worked match, uh, with lots of ebbs and flows, and just very intricately planned out, <laughs> and all these guys are delivering with aplomb. 
And then also Bad Bones is delivering in the big singles matches. He just had a great one against Mike Bailey. Um, he had a great one to round out the year against Dragunov uh, with a, in a very emotional match. Um, so everything's going right for Rise right now, and that they're, they're doing that big heel stable shtick better than I've seen it done in WWE for a long, long time. So they can be very proud of that. And going up against him is Walter, who we've already sung the praises of for a long time <laughs> on the last couple of shows and on this show. Um, and yeah, he's the tag champion, but he's also going up for the singles title. And they've sort of hinted that he may be taking on too much. So I think that's going to sort of be the build to this match is that can Walter focus on the title match while he's doing progress and being the tag champion and flying to America. And it'll be interesting to see how they build that because right now it is just sort of the two titans of WXW collide. But I think by the time they actually get into the ring, there will be story elements to it and more subtle than just, you know, the big match of the weekend. Well, thanks for doing a, a brilliant breakdown of that. And I agree, it's definitely a match I'm very much looking forward to. I think this could be the match where um, Bad Bones kind of breaks out as an elite elite level w- worker but, and like what better guy to do it against than Volta at the moment. Um, but but thanks for doing that breakdown because it allowed me to get some Murat Bosporus yes. scoops. And now you're going to giggle again. <laughs> um well, we'll just finish off on night two. This is um, yeah. the show where Tony Storm and then we'll is, get the big is coming to um, is coming to um, the the weekend. Um, so you imagine she'll probably have a title match either on um, uh, either on night two or night three. Yeah, they've been building uh, Melanie Gray up as one challenger, so I think they might do that. Her on night two, and then a surprise on night three. I hope it's Wesner. I hope it's Wesner too. I was just gonna say, <laughs> please. Um, although you could always have the Killer Kelly rematch or something. Yeah. I-, I imagine they might want to hold on to that for a little bit longer. That story's kind of ongoing, isn't it? Yeah, that's a longer term story. I think they'll probably keep Kelly busy with Vader Scott, who's over as well for the weekend. Okay, cool. Um, right, Murat Bosporus scoops. So. Who could have known that this would uh, go so deep? I was just expecting him to be injured or something, which is apparently the official reason. But, yeah. but, right. Um, this is from an anonymous source. <laughs> uh, Murat Bosporus was fired 12 years ago for posting stuff on cage match message boards under false names, slagging off WXW management. Wow. He has been requested to be removed off the um, wrestling Deutschland show by WXW because they still have heat 12 years later. <laughs> now, now that's, that's all rumours. That's all rumours. So, Spicy. You know, don't revoke um, the, the press passes if that's not the case. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's going around dark Twitter that I've managed to, to drag okay. up the hot scoops on Murat so, Bosporus. All, all views are the anonymous source's own. Uh, we can neither confirm nor deny. Have you seen a picture case. of this this Murat guy? He's, he's a hell of a I man. think I saw him vaguely. He's okay. very hairy. Let me try and find the match graphic. Oh yeah, that, that's a man right there. <laughs> I'm disappointed not to be seeing this guy. <laughs> you see his Twitter header? <laughs> 
<laughs> He's eating a chain. <laughs> He's like Unchained King Kong Togi Makabe. Yeah. Against MVP. Wow. <laughs> you got to get down to the Volkswagen Arena on the 31st of March in Istanbul. I think that, that was one. 2017, unfortunately. Okay. But, uh... Get get in your time machine. Oh, actually, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. No, that's 31st of March this year. It's <laughs> it's doable. Lads, should we should we go? <laughs> MVP v Bosporus, the big fight. Actually, you know what? They've got they've got an interesting little talent talent line up here. It's completely irrelevant to uh, 16 Carat, but. We've got some big lad who looks a bit like Tank from the, the southern states of the US, but I, I believe isn't him. Uh, we've got some guy doing a, a shield cosplay gimmick. Um, yeah. We've got a Russian lad who tag teams with one of my friends, um, who occasionally wrestle over in Malaysia, also wrestling in Turkey. Interesting. Can't remember his name. I think he's called The Locomotive or something. Uh, then we've got MVP. We've got John Morrison slash Johnny Mundo slash... Johnny Nitro slash Johnny Impact slash um, Johnny Five Star, Johnny Five Star, etc. 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 What a man! Um, we have uh, John like Kratos slash, but... slash John Hennigan. <laughs> We've got Kratos, uh, who I believe is actually Tom LaRuffa of oh, NXT goodness. fame <laughs> and Impact. That's fame. what he's doing now. Um, he's really bad. Um, oh yeah. See, he should have just got his head shaved when he lost that match instead of making his mate uh, shave his head because he's, he's bald now. Um, what a waste. He lost to Enzo Amore. Oh, that's a blast from the past. Um, we've got Doug Williams. We've got Murat Bosporus. And we've got some dude in a kind of a... a looks like a... One of, remember when Kane had the mask? Briefly? Oh, yeah, yeah. I see that. Like, not the, the like... Yeah, the, like, mask the boiler mask that yeah. he wore and then took off the mask and he still had another mask on underneath. Yeah, I remember that. It was kind of the, the um, Jeff Hardy, open my eyes and I have more eyes, or face paint stuff. Uh, he takes off the mask. Oh, it's like this thing um, when he took off the mask and was still had the face paint on. That was, <laughs> that was so, what... yeah, this is happening in Istanbul. Not BPW. on the WX, W the weekend, but... Worthy of a breakdown <laughs> on a future show. <laughs> um, no, um, but yeah, that's the the most in depth TPW breakdown yeah. you're getting anywhere. Who um, do we think is winning, Walter or Bad Bones? Will they pull the title switch ooh, here? Um, I think it depends on two things. Um, one, if David Starr's winning carrot, Walter's winning the, the title match, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, conversely, if Dragunov's coming back soon, I don't think you drop the title off Klinger here. Yeah, I, Bad Bones has more to give on his title run, definitely. Like, I, I was thinking maybe the anniversary would be the end of the run, but since then it's actually picked up a lot more. Like, that rise angle is at its peak right now, so I don't think you want to diminish it by making him lose now. Like, I think there's more money in it taking it off him three or six months down the line. Now that said, Dra if, even if Dragunov is coming back soon, Dragunov versus Volta for the title is not like something that they couldn't do. But yeah, I think there that is... would have history as well. I think as Dragunov beat Volta in their most recent encounter, you would probably prefer the, the Klinger match 
actually no maybe that works maybe that works because um, Vol- Volta's kind of gone to another level since then Dragunov comes back maybe he beats Klinger um, but you know in a non-title match because Volta now has the title and then he has to step up to Volta and you've got Volta who's been this undefeatable mm. force on um, across all across Europe recently going up against a returning um, Dragunov who beat him at Carrot last year has finally managed to put Klinger in the back um, in the back mirror uh, in the word? rear view mirror there we go um, and, and it's now coming at Volta having beaten him the year before coming for the title looking to finally win that title that's a story that could work as well um, but, but I do think you keep the, the title on um, Bad Bones here yeah, I'm glad that it's uh, so unpredictable. I think Bones is retaining, but it like I couldn't predict who the carrot winner is going to be. There's just a lot of options. <laughs> if Bones retains, who do you have winning carrot? Because it, it does make it a bit trickier. Because we would have said... My logic was, if, if Star is winning, then Volta's winning the title match. But if Volta isn't winning the title match, you probably don't have Star win the tournament. Mm. Simmons winning the tournament wouldn't make too much sense if Bad Bones is the champion. So who do you have win? Do you have someone like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make win? a safe bet and say David Starr, um, but then I don't know how that factors into his feud with Simmons. I think that's more effective if Simmons wins. It's yeah, it's it's very it's yeah, it's a head scratcher. <laughs> I'm glad that there's no immediately obvious winner spring to mind. I mean. That's your win, perhaps, but that doesn't. Mm, you you kind of just done that story with World Tag Team yeah. League. I guess you could have someone like Riddle win. Um, they do have a lot of respect for Riddle. They clearly love Riddle, and it's not like they're opposed to having an import win. You, you know, it wasn't too long ago Saber Junior won the won Kara over um, Axel Dita Junior. Um, you could see that happening, and you've kind of got the story of. Um, you could see that being a final, Star versus Riddle. Riddle has never beaten Star, and they've wrestled several times. What if Riddle finally gets the win against Star in the final? That's something they could do. There's there's a story to be told there. Uh, and then you could see Riddle would work as a challenger for for Bad Bones, or they, you you wouldn't see him being the champion, obviously, um, given that you know he's pretty much he wouldn't have the the regularity needed for Germany, probably. Um, you you could always see someone like Avalanche winning, but you know maybe a little bit too soon for him. Yeah, I don't know, but I think he's on for a deep run. Whatever. It's it's interesting because there's no clear winner. Um, last year I think we did kind of have uh, Dragonov winning. We expected him to win, and he did. We, we weren't like a hundred percent sure, but I feel like this year is even more unpredictable yeah. than, than last year. Dragonov was sort of. A more obvious winner than anyone who we can see, but maybe it'll evolve as the week goes on. Obviously, after the first round match, the picture will be a bit clearer. Right. So, any other thoughts on this whole weekend? Um, other uh, than no, I think we've pretty much covered it. <laughs> other than praying for Vesna and crying that Murat Bosporus um, isn't showing up, maybe he'll he'll um, invade and and, and <laughs> rush the ring. It's all um, an angle. Oh, that would be exciting. Um, that would um, that would make me miss an exam if Murat Bosporus 
um, started shooting. <laughs> I don't know why this guy's cracked me up so much, but uh, <laughs> good lord, what a guy, what a guy. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Uh, annoyed I'm not going to be able to be there yet again, but uh, I think you and Arn are set for yet another amazing week of wrestling. Uh, Dick's thrown at already. I am very jealous. We will have uh, interviews yet again. Um, let us know how you want us to, to do that kind of episode. Um, you can contact us on, on Twitter. You can get me at, at the R-O-T-H-E-R-D-O-U-B-L-E or Ollie at another Ollie. Um, so let us know. Maybe let us know some questions you want us to ask some of the wrestlers, that sort of thing. Um, and we will we will do our best to put them uh, to the guys there. Uh, and, and girls. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for WXW. Um, we'll yeah. be back in, <laughs> in two weeks with a kind of a, a live episode in the sense that we're recording it live from there. Um, yeah, we'll we're going to have everything. From there. <laughs> that'll, that'll be another, another big one. That'll be a joy for me to edit, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do we... I haven't seen um, OTT Homecoming, but uh, uh, I know I, you I have. I don't know, I think we've run fairly late now. <laughs> uh, well, so we, we can we probably leave. We won't be coming leave. back to it, so if you have any glaring hot takes that you want to spit out real quickly. Um, just the, the Devlin... Um confirmation that he is the first OTT world champion I thought was excellent branding and sort of as a good soft reset for them. Interested to see what they do next year because last year it was very uh, import heavy, especially on the Elite in the big shows. It did kind of leave their title picture out to lunch, but with Devlin as the champion, as the confirmed ace and like rebranding the title around him and the Irish talent, I think they're on for big things this year, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yep, so we'll, we'll wrap up now. Um, progress, get better at your cameras. WXW, please bring in Murat Bosporus and Vesna. Um, and OTT, continue doing what you're doing because you're, well, you've are you started the year very well. Um, you can find me at on Twitter at V-R-D-O-U-B-L-E. Uh, of course, you can go to voicesofwrestling.com for reviews of all these shows that we've, we've talked about and are going to... Um, uh, and the 16 carat shows as they they come out will have um, reviews of all the shows from that weekend. Well, maybe maybe not the wrestling cult cult show, but we'll see. Um, depends if Murat Bosporus shows up. To be honest, uh, if if he does, I'll I'll review it myself. Um, uh, what else? Plug wise, um, voiceofwrestling.com/seatgeek, voiceofwrestling.com/amazon voiceofwrestling.com slash WWE shop. If you're going to be using any of those services, then um, it won't cost you a penny extra if you go through those uh, links, but we get a little kickback, which helps us with uh, stuff like server costs and hosting costs for these podcasts. Let's continue uh, putting out these podcasts. Um, So we would very much appreciate it if you used those links. Um... You can let us know any feedback you have of these shows on thevoicesofwrestling.com slash forums, or again on Twitter, the handles we've just given out. Um, Ollie, do you have anything else to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at another Ollie. Um, read my Euro notes in the F4W newsletter every week. 
uh, and read the Dead End review I put on Voices of Wrestling as well, because uh, Bailey Bones was good stuff. No, no plug for post wrestling. But rest experience. It's my other podcast. Go listen to it. The the one he's uh, cheating on us with. It's, yes. It's very hurtful. He never <laughs> even let us know he was going to do it before he started. It was it was very hurtful to to find out that way. But uh, we uh, this is the backstage heat we have to deal with. <laughs> yes. Um. Rich was messaging me asking whether he should kick me out the kick you out the slack. Um. I told him, nope, he's still hanging around. Uh, he, I made him sign a contract to review wrestling for the end of ta- till the end of time, and he <laughs> will stick to that. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and um, we're at Osprey. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.